0: Hey, welcome to the Hell has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.
1: Welcome to Hell Has an Exit with host Brian Elzate. This is episode 90. This is a two-part episode with special guest star Lilo Brancato Jr., the young actor and star of A Bronx Tale. This episode is part two. If you missed part one, you can go back and listen to episode 89 for part one of the story. Following Lilo's incredible journey through addiction and into recovery, And now let's join Brian and his guest star, Lilo Brancado Jr. for part two of the episode. It is some kind of supernatural phenomenon. Some people call it the devil.
0: Some people call it the disease. Like, I don't get hung up over what people call it. But I will say that if I don't want to get high and I get high, then who wants to get high? Something else. Else, right. So in recovery, a 12-step program, what made sense for me is somebody, when I used to say I want to get high, my sponsor would say, you don't want to get high, your disease wants you to get high. That's when I started to realize that I did have accountability, and I was able to make a choice.
1: That's a good one. You and don't want to get high. Your disease wants you. Because to get
0: I would out. be like, bro, if I want to get high, I'm just going to get high. And he would say, Brian doesn't want to get high. Brian doesn't want to ruin his life. Brian actually wants to live a normal life, and you don't even enjoy being high. Your disease tricks you and talks to you in your own voice. And that's when I started to understand the disease concept. Religion does this in its own way. 12-step programs do this in their own way. The doctor tells you this in your own way. So everyone has their own little, you know, how they want to decorate the box. But we're all talking about the same shit.
1: I like the way you said that. I
0: believe addicts don't want to use. So when I see people that are like, oh, you're never going to help my kid, I'm like, bro, let me tell you something. I can look at your kid and tell you that he doesn't want to be dope sick.
1: It's You know what's so nuts? It's like almost a form of possession, Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're possessed. Possessed. For it's sure. like an out of out of body experience. Mm-hmm. It's like you go into something else. You slip into something yeah. else.
0: I can look you dead in the face, pass a lie detector test, tell you I'm not going to use. But as soon as I'm alone, I'm like, oh, we got him. <laughs> but it's like, what is that?
1: Or no, I think it's even deeper than that. I think when you did have the lie detector test, I think you honestly thought you weren't going to use. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can yeah. pass the lie detector test. I because truly- saying like, I'm really not going to use. And anything that, you know, like I know the skin, but like once you're there. It's like now you have that out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. You slip out of you into whatever.
0: Yeah, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, it's sick, man. And a lot of times it's in my environment, it's like I don't want to eat pizza until I'm at a fucking pizza place. Right. So it's like right now I have zero I'm not really craving pizza. But you you leave a pizza in here and you say, Hey Brian, I'll be back in an hour. You might it's the same thing. It's that, you know, my environment is fifty percent of what my thoughts are. Right. You know? And I think that half of getting clean is just not putting yourself in a dumbass position you right but when you're using you don't even know that getting into the car with everyone who's gonna go and get high is that dumb you're like well those are just my friends they're gonna get high but i'm not gonna get high
1: right
0: how was it dealing with staying out of those situations when you got clean
1: i give you a lot more credit in getting clean than i even give myself because you were able to do it out here to but where you brother, said that-
0: there's so much drugs in prison nah but
1: not like out here not like that no, no. okay just like i was saying with the crack i knew not to smoke it because it's like where yeah. am i gonna go get more and I know how that shit goes. It lasts for like 35 seconds of pure like euphoria. And then that same expo- euphoria that you experienced in such a short amount of <laughs> time dark. goes away even faster. And, it, and your it, body crashes and in. It's you like, feel Whoa.
0: worse. You're just praying that you right. didn't smoke the crack.
1: Right, I'm just like, give me some dope because I know that'll yeah. last a few days, mm-hmm. especially I'm not doing it every day, it's so strong. Yeah. Three days later, you'll still You're be still nodding now, yeah. and you'll still be itching, itching. like, wow, yeah. this shit is great. Yeah, yeah, people baby. don't understand
0: that the itchiness is actually a good thing. The
1: itching <laughs> is the best feeling in the world. You'll itch, you'll itch to the bone. You'll itch your skull to the bone, but you re- still think it feels I good. remember you have chunks of meat in your <laughs> fingertips. Wow. I remember itching
0: my ankle, and I remember I was like half asleep, and I'm like, why is my ankle wet? And you was, believe like, it? I was like, is that water? And like I couldn't look, and I looked the next is day, blood? blood all over it. Yeah, of course. You know what I always tell people like opiates is like this high that you don't have any issues with anything going out It's like, someone could be like, hey, Brian, you gotta go paint that fence in hundred degree weather. I'm like, you're crazy. Oh, here's two Oxycontins, okay. It makes everything bearable. You're right. You I have to, the time of your life. You know, my friend used to say- I used it.
1: to pet my friend's dog. Yeah. My friend Nick, every Friday night, he had a, a Brindle Pitbull. I used to pet his dog on the couch. It was a pitbull with a muscular head. I literally used to massage the muscles in the dog's head. This is like, who's got it better than me? It's the best Friday who's night in the world. Whack that of my Take it like that. Yeah. And this was the early days. Dreaming. Where I could sniff one bag and be, and be rocked yeah. for like three days. Like, Whoa. Mm-hmm.
0: Mumbling to yourself yeah. in a dream.
1: Burning everything up if you're smoking. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know? Holes in your pants. Let me ask you, when people ask you about that night that changed your life forever, do you think of it now as, do you feel like, like you're tired of talking about it? Do you feel like? It's just a shitty fucking thing because I do sense that you have so much genuine remorse from what happened that night. But at the same time, like, you know, I'm not an attorney or anything, but like when I looked at the case and reviewed everything, I believe your sentence is unfair. And I do believe that it's such a shitty situation that even though it's unfair, that's the reality of life right now is that, you know, hey, when something happens to certain people, you get a worse, you know, if you go rob a fucking judge, you're gonna get more time than if you rob a fucking crack dealer, right? So it's like, there are things that get taken into consideration. different
1: circumstances. You know, I mean, this was a cop, so this is like, you know, a heroic police officer that lost his life Mm -hmm. and I never wanna minimize any of that and my heart and praise always go out to him, his family. You know what I mean? And I wish, you know, there's not, a, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about that night and what mm-hmm. happened and how I wish I could change it. You know what I mean? But I think I did a pretty good job in turning my life around you and have, devoting a absolutely. lot of my time to, like, helping other people. But to this day, like, you know, so many members of law enforcement on various social media platforms, just the negative things they say to me. And it's like you lose so much credibility as a person mm-hmm. and just as a group. When you do stuff like that, you want to say like you're like, listen, what's done is done. You know, I didn't kill anyone. Mm -hmm. And I've like used this situation to like, you know, like help other people. You're here to protect and serve the community. Mm -hmm. And when you like, let a person like me come to certain places and speak to kids and you like, embrace that, you're actually serving the community and you're protecting them from things that could happen. Like, look at this guy. Mm-hmm. He went through it. Now he wants to share his experience with you. You should be and all for that kind of stuff. That's what
0: incarceration is supposed to yeah, be I about. Know, but this is like why and it's, it's not. like
1: logically it doesn't make sense. Because
0: let me ask you something. How many people you went to prison with changed their life? Not a lot. No, the,
1: the, res- you know the, the rate I mean?
0: of recidivism is very high. It's insane. So it's like the system we have is not working. You really are going uphill when you change your life after you've been in the system, and it makes it even harder because. Sometimes I talk to people and they're like, "I don't understand. Why can't these people just get jobs?" It's like, good luck getting a job if you're a felon. Right. Good luck renting a fucking house.
1: You can't who's do anything. Rent, you you know. can rent a basement apartment somewhere if you're not lucky even. until they find yeah. out who you are. Exactly. Especially now, you have access to the internet, and in two seconds, yeah, oh yeah, it who's out. this guy? Let me Google him. Let me mm-hmm. see if I. Oh my God, I didn't know he went to prison for eight yeah, years. Yeah, well, I'm not letting you know. I'm whatever. lucky because you know people knew who I was before. And like, don't get me wrong, not everybody. Some was people don't give a shoot it. who I was or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, they look at me as a perp like mm-hmm. you're a perp i don't give a fuck what movies you were in mm-hmm. you're a convicted criminal and that's the way you're going to be treated and then a lot of people like ah you know what you know because i was in certain films and stuff and like you, that
0: you know what's so crazy sorry to cut you off no but it's all right before i really did research i just thought that you were someone who pulled the trigger because that's the way the media portrays it yeah and it's like cop killer and when you think about you know how fucked up the media is it's like the way that story came out has affected your life negatively. And I'm not saying that other people weren't harmed and it's not a fucked up thing that happened. The way that I have the story now is that you went to go visit your friend who was a Vietnam war veteran. you have known this guy for years. You thought the guy still lived there. He wasn't answering. You did break a window, but you never went inside and you were just trying to probably get pills because this guy probably had pills. He
1: was my friend from back. Yeah. In, I knew the guy. Mm-hmm. And I would go in his house. Yeah, you'd in go in the middle of the night. And it was listen, it wasn't. If you it, broke
0: his window, he probably wouldn't even get mad. No, He'd he be would like, say, oh, what, what the, the hell? Fuck? Exactly. Yeah, what, what the, the fuck? Hell? You broke my window? Yeah.
1: But that's what addicts do. Yeah. Come on, you're going to tell me. If you needed money in the middle of the night, you wouldn't break your I, friend's window if he's freaking not answering the door. This
0: one time I was so Come dope on, sick, I, do that. I drove four hours and started throwing rocks in my friend's window and I could have broken a window, but it's like, bro, when you want to get high and they're not answering, that's normal behavior. Yeah,
1: and you're right. Like they need to make things much more, like they need to make things clearer yeah. as to who really, because you know what? I had you know someone, the manager of mine, we, we don't, you know, he doesn't represent me anymore, but he's a great guy. But I remember him telling me one time that it was even hard for me to. Get a book deal. He said, because these publishers, they think you pulled the trigger. Yeah. Where I have to, well, then I said, well, it's your job to make these people know that I didn't pull the trigger, that I was just there. No criminal record. I don't prior even to remember
0: reading about it. I don't even know how I saw it. But in my mind, I just believe, oh, yeah, Lilo from Bronxdale killed a cop. And that's why he went to prison. But now he's doing really good. I had no idea. And that's why, you know, the podcast is important to get the real story out Right. There. You know, that's why doing these things is important. And I think that you know, the more and more you do and the more and more you change other people's lives and impact people, like, now you're really just viewed as somebody who helps people, that's changed their life, a redemption story. Like, when you think about redemption stories, you know, you're up there, bro.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you, I hear you, but you know what? It's
0: not like you had a few bad years. Like, to, to take your life from where it was to where it went to where it is now is an amazing
1: feat. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, but still to this day... You know, even like right around Memorial Day this past year, I literally drove back because my flight was Friday. Mm -hmm. And then Sunday I had something, there was going to be these vendors and it was like a signing and this whole thing. In Staten Island, and this this one kid, I'm I, I'm so mad I don't remember his name because I would love mm-hmm. to mention it. But this kid was such a clown. He books me, and then this other this other kid, Jeremy, he's like and he does autographs. Mm-hmm. He's like probably the biggest bum I ever met in my mm-hmm. life. This guy books me. They book me, and everything is cool. But then they saw the consensus because Staten Island's a very pro cop borough. Yeah. So now like. I guess the, I mean obviously they have to advertise that I'm going to be there and this and that. So it was met with so much resistance. Wow! Cop killer, piece of shit, you perp, oh my you gosh. scumbag. And then these two pieces of shit mm-hmm. that booked me, they turned on me also. I was supposed to be there Sunday. I had a flight leaving Florida wow. because I'm a man of my word. I literally, because I there's so many like flights from Florida, New York get canceled mm-hmm. all the time now. So I didn't want to take a chance. So because you booked it? Booked it. I drove home, bro. I rented wow. a car and drove home to be there for these clowns. Mm-hmm. And then they want to talk. And then they like turn it around on me. This is what I deal with, bro. Yeah. This is what I deal with on a daily basis. And I've taken full responsibility. It's not like, listen, I didn't do it. I was there because I loved the guy's daughter. Exactly. I just wanted to be with him so I'd have a reason to talk to her. Like I said, I was there. I know my drug addiction put me in that particular place at that particular time. So I definitely take full responsibility for how I contributed to that. Mm-hmm. But you know, this many years later to still be spoken to like that, after I've done so much to like make an impact in other people's lives, especially ones that have had a similar Course. journey as I have mm-hmm. to like do that and these people still want to do this it's like you lose credibility to me mm-hmm. how good are you when you're talking about a guy who's actually trying mm-hmm. it's not like I'm out there getting DWIs and still yeah. committing crimes or f- then,
0: doing fraud or right if you want to talk
1: to me then like that then mm-hmm. it's like oh you're a piece of shit you should have stayed where that you know they should have kept you there mm-hmm. but it's like when you say that it's like dude I'm really and trying and none of us are perfect.
0: You, you did a crime and you served time for that crime. Why is it an issue?
1: You yeah, know what no, I, mean? I guess I guess a lot of these people just have nothing better to do. Of course. So I wish I knew the name of this collectibles place because I really <laughs> want to put this kid on blast. Yeah. Such a clown. He put on his page, Lilo is canceled. Three days ago, That's you amazing. were my best friend talking about this mm-hmm. and that. And just goes to show you have no backbone, no integrity. Mm-hmm. Where you should have been a man and said, listen, the reason why I hired this guy to begin with he changed is his his because I around. respect what he's doing with his life. Of course. And I want more people to see that and to hear mm-hmm. his story because it'll inspire them to know that this can actually happen instead of us just sitting here blind and then you've got this kid being judged by members of law enforcement mm-hmm. that don't know shit about what he went through and probably most of the cops don't even through.
0: know the whole story either yeah but let's you know. see
1: when one of their kids get addicted to drugs yeah, exactly for and, sure. they, and then they'll see and they'll say oh you know what mm-hmm. I shouldn't have been. I should have been a little nicer to that yeah. kid, because now I know what he went through and what his parents went through. I deal
0: with it all the time with sober livings that we own and stuff like that. It's like people are like, "Oh, I don't want that in my neighborhood." Oh, halfway houses don't belong in neighborhoods. Oh, where
1: you own f- the houses, like yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so. That's yeah, so I remember being so smart, man. Thank
0: you. So I remember being like, "Dude, where the fuck are they supposed to be?" My cousin oh, not was, here. Yeah. Okay. Well, when your kid becomes a drug addict, you know. You tell Trust me how me. you feel about yeah. it. You know what I mean? Because I guarantee you, because we have nice houses and nice neighborhoods and people are like, they don't belong here. I was like, where do they belong? Exactly. This is giving them a fighting chance. This is inspiring well, and them. And it's like, do you think they are these like homeless people with like fucking bed bugs and shit? Like, it's dude, all about
1: empathy, brother. We they pe- don't have
0: it. Yeah, we, we take people from all over the country. You know, people with jobs, lawyers, doctors, all walks of life get clean. And you know what, once they get clean, they're probably a better human being than most of us.
1: That's. I really like that idea, that's yeah, smart. Absolutely. Somebody mentioned something like that to me mm-hmm. recently about sober living homes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you're absolutely right. Because most of them are in the hood, right, they're right.
0: ran down, they're, they're no, gross. You're,
1: you're able to put your money into a place which will better accommodate addicts mm-hmm. Course. In their recovery. Yeah. And it's like. And the, get
0: them jobs. The smoother. And, and, mm-hmm. The transition. Right. The, yeah. the, the,
1: the better they like have her, a fighting yeah. chance to like really do this of forever. Course. Yeah. You know what I mean? And
0: bro, you get people out of prison, and it's like, it blows my mind that. They haven't thought of ways to rehabilitate people back into society because they really just drop you off at three in the morning and tell you to figure it out.
1: Yeah, but it's like whatever few bucks they (laughs) give you. you Most people are
0: committing crimes within a couple of hours because they don't have any other resources. I believe most people commit crimes because they're in a fucking desperate ass situation. And I think the other half of them need to be on meds. And that's basically it, you know?
1: Well, some people, you know, like, some people just like the Rush, brother. Yeah. Some people, like, are yeah. action junkies. Some people are criminals. Yeah. You know, like. They're, they're criminal mind. They, they get the. Yeah. Like in the they're mo-
0: addicted to breaking the law is thrilling and exciting the to The action. Me. Yeah. Do you remember
1: the movie Heat? Of remember course. The, remember, you can feel the heat. Yeah. But remember with De Niro? Remember remember with Tom Sizemore? Mm-hmm. Remember when they were in the parking lot? Yeah. And they were yeah, talking yeah. about taking the bank down? And De Niro was, like, trying to talk him out of it. He says, he goes, I remember what his wife's name was. He's like, so-and-so, your wife, she's got this much money in barrel bonds and mm-hmm. this. He saved all the money. He says, I think you should pass. And then he says, I'll, I, I roll with you, Neil, whatever you want. And then he thought about it. And he said, well, you see, for me, the action is the juice. I don't give a shit about, <laughs> about the, the money. money. Yeah. I want the action and mm-hmm. that's what it is.
0: Of course. And honestly, I think there should be like a 12 step program for fucking people who have that criminal addiction. Cause it's like, you know, like I think about my drug dealer, not for nothing, bro. I really have a good relationship with that guy. Like yeah, to this they, day? he's changed his life. You know, well, he, don't sell, drugs he any- don't sell drugs anymore, but I've seen him try to stop selling drugs for years. He would be like, bro, it's so hard. Cause he lives in the hood. He's been selling crack and heroin for 15, 20 years. You know, he's never been arrested. And it's like, what does he do now? You know what I mean? And it's so hard for him to stop. Dude, when you go from making $3,000 a day, making $300 a week is tough. And it's not that he's not trying. You know, you got to understand, like his family sold dope. And it's not an excuse. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying, when you live in a neighborhood where everyone's lawyers and doctors, you start thinking about becoming a lawyer and a doctor. When you live in a neighborhood where everyone sells dope and crack.
1: Or does it. Or does it. you see there's a market for it. you see
0: there's a market for it. And then opening. You don't see anybody doing anything else. Right. You know? For me, it's like, I couldn't tell this guy to go to rehab, but he needed some type of structure. He needed something to do or some somewhere to go so he can have like-minded people. Like, at least we can meet other addicts. There's not a lot of ex-crack dealers hanging out trying to change their life. Yeah, you I know, know,
1: like meetings for like...
0: Yeah, or, or even a place. I mean, I guess there's like some stuff for them, but I've seen a lot of people struggle with the lifestyle just as much as they struggle with the drugs. Yeah, well, that's know?
1: that's a hand in hand. Nothing's going to ever bring the cop back, but the what you know... And like I said, Daniel N. was a heroic police officer who lost his life, you know, off duty, not in the line of duty, off duty, which is even more commendable in a way because he put himself out there in a situation when he wasn't on the clock.
0: And I'm not trying to say anything bad, but it's like if he would have stated that he was a police officer and people knew that he was a police officer, I think it would have ended differently. You know, in Florida, it's like. Bro, when someone has a gun, you don't know what the fuck is going on. So I don't even think, yeah, I think maybe your friend shouldn't have had a gun if he didn't have the right to have it. But at the same time, it's like he didn't know what was going on either. You know? Well,
1: it's just like, you know, man, it was like one of those things a second to get into trouble and a lifetime to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Everything happened so fast. Boom, like boom, 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 boom. It's mm-hmm. done. Okay. And then that, you know what I mean? He died. These guys were shot. Everyone's life changed within the matter mm-hmm. of not even ten seconds.
0: And you got shot three times. Two and a half. And yeah. And I got half? grazed. Yeah. Grazed. Wow. Yeah. And was it a nine millimeter?
1: It was a nine millimeter. off duty. It was a car nine. Wow. Nine millimeter, yeah.
0: And how was that surgery?
1: Well, I was, you know, I was I was out for it. So yeah. I don't even really remember, but I did lose part of my colon. Wow. I lost my spleen. I had a collapsed lung. And this was all after you know, un- mm-hmm. unarmed. Yeah. I didn't have a gun. Exactly. And all this harm and bodily, all this bodily harm was inflicted. And, mm-hmm. you know, basically because I'm a drug addict. So you shot me because I'm a drug addict. That's basically But and- nobody sees that side of the story. That's what started everything. Mm-hmm. You don't shoot that gun first. Maybe none of that other stuff happens.
0: And I understand that, you know, you had your back turned. He had his gun on you. He said, don't move. And instinctually, when someone says that, you're like, who's fucking back there? You know what I mean? I don't think there's any person
1: on the earth that wouldn't have moved when that happened. No. on crack cocaine at 530 in the morning. When in your Still mind- Stone Cold Sober.
0: Because I don't know. He didn't say, he. I have a gun to your back. And just your body just doesn't, when when someone talks to you from your back, you want to know who's talking to you. You're
1: absolutely right.
0: You're just instinctively going to turn around to see, who, like to have a conversation with someone. You're not going to just leave your back turned to them. It's, it's a weird thing to ask someone to do. And I'm not saying that he should have done this or whatever. It's a fucked up situation. You know, it's a fucked up situation and it's horrible for everyone involved. What was Rikers Island like? You were there for eight
1: years? No, no, no. no. I was there for th- three years. Three. And then when that was jail. That mm-hmm. was New York City jail. And then you got sentenced. And then then when I got sentenced to ten years and I will do eight, eight and a half, because mm-hmm. that's eighty-five percent of a violent crime. Mm-hmm. I went upstate New York and then there was prison. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rikers Island, it's gotta be like it's you know, like the only way to really describe it is like hell on earth. You're not safe in that place. You know, like three People three, are getting stabbed and shit in there. Oh, stabbed! You know, like it's stabbed. That's nothing. I mean, you get well, people stomped to death. People die there all the time.
0: Like when you say all the time, like once a month.
1: I would, yeah. I mean, maybe once. not once a month, but maybe once every few months. <laughs> well. Like people die there every year. Mm-hmm. Okay, and stuff that definitely could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. Rikers Island is filled with police corruption. You know, the three main functions of a corrections officer is care, custody, and control. Not all of them. You have, you know, you got good and bad. A couple CEOs Everything. Good. Mm-hmm. But you know what it is? Rikers Island is such a corrupt place. And, you know, like these CEOs that, you know, work there and maybe have the intention on being a good corrections office and, you know, doing things by the book. Mm-hmm. But once they're there and they see how easy it is to like bring in like pouches of tobacco that they buy for $5 and then they sell for 50 it's like, okay, I spent 25 bucks, mm-hmm. and I just made 200 Exactly. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Then the, the, you know, what are you going to do? Or like, pack, yeah, you can go buy a pack of, they sell packs of cigarettes mm-hmm. for 100 bucks. It's crazy. So even if you're buying a pack for $12, you go buy, you know, whatever.
0: And the COs are bringing it in and yeah. selling it for 100 Yeah. Wow.
1: Maybe they're giving it to a certain inmate that they trust.
0: Or they're allowing it to get in and getting broken off. Right. Probably. It's both. Both, yeah. It's
1: both. And you know like you got COs also that are gang members, like they're bloods and crips. So So it's like they grew up with the same guys that are in the cell block. mm -hmm. So that's like, we're from the same housing project. Of course, I'm gonna like, you want this, like, or that. say somebody thinks, he's gonna go tell the CO, Mm -hmm. like, yo man, these guys are pushing up on me and stuff like that. Meanwhile, you just told the CO and he's friends with these guys. So he's gonna tell them, this guy just told me this about you and he wants to do this. So if you wanna get him, let me know. I'm gonna go to the bathroom and I'll leave the thing alone. And I'll let locked. you do it. Yeah, and then when I come back, the, you know, the guy's like half mm-hmm. dead on the floor if he's not dead, his whole face well. ripped apart.
0: It's a bad place. You know, I've obviously had people in prison that are on the show, and it blew my mind that so many CEOs are gang members themselves. Like, my buddy used to tell me that they would have, a, like, a female CO, and when she would come on property, she'd be like, yo, what up? Where my Latin queens and kings at? What? Yes. It's, like, mind-blowing. Like, because they're not just, like, gang members that are at work. They're repping their gang at work. Work, yeah,
1: right. So think about the special treatment that those other gang members are going to get. I don't want to use the word unfair, like like bully type stuff with other inmates, but it's like if you're not part of a certain crew in there, Mm -hmm. you're going to get preyed on.
0: Did people in there fuck with you knowing that you were a child actor star?
1: You know, I got to be honest with you. I didn't really get fucked with in Rikers Island or upstate. Mm-hmm. I think maybe because of the case. You know what I mean? It was a cop high case. high profile Well, case. not even that because like in jail, people like, you know, don't like cops. They fucking hate cops. <laughs> you came like, here as the best thing you could have possibly came here for. Wow. Murder's good. Robbery's good. You know, burglary. Those but things are good. But if you
0: killed the cop a cop in prison, a, they're oh, like...
1: You're, "You're That's the best thing. And the worst thing is you're like you're a kid toucher. Piece of wow. shit, kid yeah. toucher. Chomo. Or, or yeah, or, or a rapo. Mm-hmm. Those are like the bottom of the barrel, you know, guys, the pieces of mm-hmm. shit. It's a whole different mentality in there. It's like the things that don't mean anything out here mean, mean something. Everything in there. In there. Mm-hmm. The violence, the yeah. you know, just that.
0: What's probably the most violent thing you've seen in there?
1: Well, I seen a kid get stomped out like really, really bad till like mm-hmm. the boy was in like a puddle of blood. He lived. I don't even know how he did. Mm-hmm. But it was 2006. It was like, I remember it was my Uncle Joe's 60th birthday. So it was right around May 11th of 2006. It mm-hmm. was a Saturday. And I remember going to church. And that's where I used to get my morphine at church. Because mm-hmm. I was in NIC, North Infirmary Command. So, so you would link up Yeah, but these were guys there. in the hospital. So they used to get it and they used to hide it in their wheelchair. Gotcha. And then I used to send money orders or whatever. I used to uh-huh. meet up with them and you know, chew like 20 MS contents <laughs> and be high. That Saturday, I remember I missed church and I was so mad. On the Catholic service, they come, the escort, because they come down the elevator. Mm -hmm. They got guys already chained up. And they yell it. If you don't hear it, what do you think? They're going to make a special trip? Yeah, they're not coming
0: around for you. You think they're
1: making a special trip to bring you? Nah, bro, you missed it. Mm -hmm. Come see me. But they didn't know church for me was everything because that's where I used to get my drugs. Gotcha. So that day, there was this kid D and Ski. D and Ski. (laughs) Right? Three new guys came to the house that day. And I remember this guy D, his last name, his name is Simmons, right? This kid, he was the one who was on the receiving end. Mm Mm-hmm. So we had this other guy, I don't even want to say, you know, he's like the tough guy. He was like the, he kind of ran the house. He was telling this kid, like, you know, because this guy D was like the new kid in the house. He was like, I like basically telling him the rules. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you know, like on whatever Monday night we watch Prison Break, we watch this show, this is another show we watch. The phones, you know, they're pretty much blah, blah, blah. And then he says, and you don't, and don't even go near the phone after nine o'clock. Cause he's basically saying, that's when I use the phone. Gotcha. So the kid D looked at him like, what? Why, ain't, why can't I? He goes, he's like, because I told you. He's like, all right. I could see, like I, I was started noticing the way everybody was walking and everybody was moving. Mm-hmm. This kid D was like a sitting duck in the TV room, and in Rikers Island they got different color chairs, but they're plastic, so guys don't kill each other with metal <laughs> chairs. Yeah. and it was crazy because the chairs were yellow, red, and blue. Mm. So the the Bloods would take the red, the blue, would, the Crips would take, and, and the yellow the Latin kings. kings. Oh my god! Right, right. So Get like, the fuck out! I, of god, here. I swear to God, like, I got all these colors right. So this guy D's in the TV room and. And this is a pod? It was a cell block. It was a okay, tier. Okay, cell block. Okay. Tier, like cell, 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 cell. And then in the back, we had the TV day room. room. Yeah, the table, And you get those plexiglass so the CEO could see through the glass. Okay. And I'm not going to mention this. She was real sweet. I'm not going to mention her name. Mm-hmm. But she was such a, she was like the type that would wake us up and make sure that we ate.
0: Oh, what a Older sweetheart. Older Jamaican yeah. lady. She
1: was such a sweet, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And she was on a double that day. Okay, she usually works three to 11, but mm-hmm. she stepped in the daytime. So she was sleeping mm-hmm. during the day to be get ready for a regular shift. I knew that something was gonna happen to this kid because I seen everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know too in jail when there's gonna be a fight. When you people- Well, not even that, when people put their sneakers on.
0: Okay, yeah. So yeah. you
1: grip the floor, you know what I mean? And sometimes people throw water on the floor too. So then you slip, you're at a wow. disadvantage. They'll throw water your way and they got their sneakers on, you don't. You're gonna, you're gonna be a big disadvantage. So I seen the sneakers on and I seen this and that. So the guy D is just in the TV room, he's just sitting there. And everybody's in there, there's a couple young kids, couple crips, and next thing you know, boom! One chair went flying, and then everybody just like, boom, him. Boom, 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 Like literally his head, I seen it, boom, 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 on the friggin' the concrete floor. Bro, it was like literally bouncing like a basketball, it was stomping his head boom, 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 was going like that high, boom. Mm-hmm. And the life was taken out of him. Because wow. I saw his eyes in the beginning. of like, you know what I mean? He was still there, and then he just went out. Ah. And I really thought he was dead. Because I seen after a few, there was just nothing left. His whole body was just loose, and he was just like, whoa. And he was like, blood. And then everybody just dispersed like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Everybody was in their cells like this. Chilling, reading a book, reading, reading a the Bible. You know, like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's like John verse three. <laughs> Philippians, <laughs> Philippians. What did you say happened? Psalms. Yeah, you know, so like that goes on, right? Uh-huh. The officer next door, because the cell blocks are adjacent. They're parallel. And mm-hmm. in the middle, you have the pipe chase where the pipes are. And from that mayhem in the back, he heard it from his side. So he wow. came and woke to see up. see was sleeping. Yeah, he was like, yo, so-and-so, what are you doing? He goes, they're killing each other back there. So now they open up this gate. This kid is on the floor in a puddle of his own blood, not responding. He was oh, I thought, I thought.
0: You well, thought he was dead.
1: I thought he was sure. dead. Yeah, they, I seen it was like, yeah, absolutely. Wow. They was like, It was like for like a minute straight of mm-hmm. straight stomping. Even 10 seconds of stomping is it's a lot.
0: It's horrible, yeah.
1: Like a minute straight of stomping from all different angles. Like, do you guys trying to move? Who's trying to,
0: uh, <laughs> you know,
1: the guys are pushing each other out of the way just to stomp his to head. To get a running start. Yeah, just to wow. bang, just to move, just to get him. Yeah, it was very brutal. Yeah, that was a bad one.
0: Yeah,
1: i seen, you know, other stuff too. You know what it is, you're like, you know, Rikers Island is a nutty place, man. Like you have what's called to an MO tier, a mental observation. Mm-hmm. So you got like these like people crazy. That, Yeah, they're really crazy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't want, I, I hate to use that word crazy, but they're just- they mental health. Yeah, mental they, health. they have mental, mental health, health. Inshi- yeah, yeah. issues, you know? Like, I remember one guy because, like, different classifications, they can't mix you. Mm -hmm. You can't be in the same yard as that guy. Because if something happens, it's a lawsuit. We should have knew better. This guy's you know, like, takes medication and he's not stable. And I remember, like, this is the type of people you deal with. Like, I remember this one dude, he was, like, he, like, called me. He was, like, yo, right? He called me over and he was behind another fence because they couldn't mix Mm -hmm. us in the yard. So they had us on one side. They had him on one side. I didn't even know this guy. I did not even know this guy. And as I'm getting closer... So you knew
0: he wasn't supposed to be there?
1: No, no, he was supposed to be there. Gotcha. But he's on the other side. Okay. And I'm just like, can I help you with something, bro? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. even know this guy. You know what I mean? And he's like, yo, yo. He was like, yo, right? And he was like, yo, right? I'm like, all right. So, like, I start walking toward him. And the closer I get, I could see just like a real soulless like blank stare in his eye. Mm-hmm. And he's just like watching me get closer. And I'm like, yo, what's up, bro? And I'm on the other side of the fence. He put his head through the thing he kind of like grabbed me to try to bang my head. Wow. Like for no for reason. No reason. Like this is what you deal, you know? Like it's just like mm-hmm. insane. Yeah,
0: you hear crazy stories of people like filling their cell with feces and all sorts
1: of oh, crazy. Oh, they throw that CEOs, yeah, you know, like. Oh my god. Yeah, we used to have this one guy, Julio. He used to break a TV. He used to break it on his head. They used to have to put him on a, in a, a helmet on him. What? Because he, he used to bang his head on everything. Oh, my God. And you know what? It was big things. Remember that song by who was? I think it was uh, Ja Rule. <laughs> and all he used to do was go, hello hallo, <laughs> hallo. <laughs> right? And he was what? so nuts. Oh, I'd use that word again. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't mean any disrespect. He was... But he was like out there. Mm-hmm. But one thing about this guy, he was awesome. Like he was a gymnast. Wow. Yo, we'd see him run down the whole sub like, and boom, boom, like a gymnast, like flying in the air. <laughs> But then he'd be in his, like, his little cage because he was an MO. He was yeah. mental observation. The COs would have to walk down those cell blocks with like raincoats on because they're caged in and they got to walk down the catwalk to do the count. One, uh-huh. two, three. And as these COs are going through, they're getting stuff thrown at them. Wow. Who's eating cereal out of the toilet bowl? There's shit everywhere. You could put a blindfold on somebody mm-hmm. and you could find the MO tier just by the scent. Wow. The smell of piss, wow. shit. It's like, this is a fucking nut house. Like, you know, like to think like I was one day like sitting next to Robert De Niro Mm -hmm. making movies, like, you know, like experiencing shit in life that I should have been so blessed and just Mm -hmm. like a thought of it that way. And now I'm like in a place, which is like my reality now, a place that smells like piss and shit. Mm. And you're fighting for your life in that place and in those circumstances, which it's like, you know what I mean? It really, really wakes you up, bro, Mm. and it just makes you think of how powerful drugs are and where they can bring your life.
0: Well, you didn't get clean until a couple years in, right? After a year. After a year. So, you know, what I was saying is that, like, you know, addiction really humbles people. Because it's like, if you had an ego before drug addiction, drug addiction is going to rob you of everything you ever thought you could accomplish. And then it starts to go below that level to, like, you don't even think that it's possible. Right. Did you think at one point when you got sentenced to 10 years that, like, you're never coming out
1: of this? Like, did you lose total hope? No. By te- When they sentenced me to 10 years, I was happy. Wow, because you were I knew that, 20. Yeah, but I thought it's like gonna be 25 to life. Holy and with shit. a cop, you go to the parole board, there's gonna be people there. It's not like no one's showing up. There yeah. will be people showing up.
0: Especially in your case.
1: Right. So to, to like, you know, to make an example, like, yo, you want to kill a cop, this is what happens. We'll keep years. coming. We'll be here 30 years from now saying keep this piece of shit in jail. Wow. So you know it's like once they said 10 years, it's like there's an end in sight, brother. I got a date now. July 1st, 2014. You could keep me after that. You can. Well, you can if I lose good time, (laughs) but you can't keep me more than 10 years. I can lose all the good time in the world. If my sentence is 10 years, you cannot keep me till day after that, unless I catch another charge, which I don't even know if that sentence that you catch from the new charge is going to be ran consecutive. From that one. From that one. So I don't even know, you
0: know. That's crazy because I would think that you would be like crazy upset, but you were like pretty happy about it.
1: Because I already did three in Rikers. So you're giving me 10. I got to go upstate and do five and a half five, more. Yeah. It's nothing. Wow. I was, I said five I, and I a half tell, more. I, I, tell, I said, I'm still going to be in my 30s. I
0: tell clients they got to stay a week longer in treatment. They start crying. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Bro, I was like five years. Wow. I'm going to still be in my 30s. I'm wow. going to still be a young dude.
0: So you still felt like that? Like, dude, I, when I'm getting out, I'm still going to be young. Hell I can do whatever yeah. the fuck I want. Well,
1: Because I knew. Where does that mentality come from? Well, you know, I knew. I Well, you know what I mean? It's like, because I didn't believe in God. You know, I saw my little cousin Dina die, and I was just mm-hmm. like really lacking faith. And maybe that was a big part of why I ended up where I ended up. But as things started happening, I started seeing the metamorphosis, the, the change in me. I started believing more and having more faith because I seen that it's real. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like my way of thinking totally changed. Like I look at this as a sign. God throws signs out there all the time, right? But mm-hmm. we got to recognize those signs. Something may happen. Like we're even somebody didn't pick up the phone. Where you were gonna tell them to go fuck themselves? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They didn't pick up because they didn't. God didn't want you to t- say that. You know, yeah, just
0: not that emotional. Whatever. Whatever. whatever but just, down, just that's yeah.
1: one little tiny example. But just anything and then I just said wow this is what was supposed to happen and I just started seeing myself get better and also when I was in there I went to school Mm -hmm. because I knew I knew once people like you know see I'm doing this podcast people would want to hear my side of the story Mm -hmm. and I just thought it was in my best interest to go to school learn how to speak I think when people hear you speak well there's a better chance for them to give you the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. to say maybe maybe this guy didn't you know what I mean maybe we were wrong about this guy maybe he was you know, at the wrong place at the right time, not mm-hmm. the right—people say the it wrong time. If it was the wrong time, you wouldn't have been be there, there yeah. right? You're at the right time, the wrong place at the right time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, you know, the moral of this, the whole story, what we spoke about today is don't do drugs.
0: Yeah, for right? sure. Don't do drugs. Do you think that your life would have turned out totally different if you hadn't gotten arrested that day? Or do oh, you? yeah. Yeah. I may not be here. You probably would have died.
1: I, I was about a month away from sticking a needle in my arm, mm. and then who the hell knows what would have happened.
0: What's crazy is that if you developed that addiction in today's time, I think you'd be dead in three to five years because you don't see people doing heroin for years anymore because with the— fe- fentanyl, no, people are dying left bro, and right. Bro, I don't even think
1: three to five years. I've if always that, said that. Yeah. I mean, because of the way we're wired and we're so nuts, I think we're going to look to make up for lost time. Mm. I think we won't even last a year, bro, yeah. especially now, you know what I'm saying? You're doing a little bit better financially. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you we're know, dead. We're yeah, dead. the access, uh-huh. you know, it's like, I would, I tell people like, I would be afraid to relapse today. Cause my body's so clean. Like fentanyl will fuck yeah. you up or drop if it will kill you mm-hmm. and your whole family. Yep. All right. It's serious stuff. And like, when I got shot, they gave me fentanyl cause I was mm-hmm. snorting 20 bags a day. So I needed the strong shit. Fentanyl's like, you know, 10 times stronger yeah. than morphine and morphine is, yeah, <laughs> it's serious.
0: What's like one of your favorite stories from somebody that you've helped since you've been clean?
1: There's so many. I just see so many people achieve so many great things. Trying to find one that's more different. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they're pretty much all the same because it is what it is. You know, I got this this kid, Devin. This Mm -hmm. kid, Devin, Long Island. He lost his, it was his half brother, Anthony. Mm -hmm. Like literally not even a year ago. He's been dead. He seems to be doing really well. I know him personally. I know Mm -hmm. his mom. So that's why that stuck with me a little bit more. This kid, you know, I really, you know, like he's, uh, I really commend, like I said, he just lost his brother. Mm. And that's so, so tough. He was over at More Life Recovery with us for a while. In the beginning, he wasn't really saying what was on his mind. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, and he he did one time go back and did some Xanax. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're an opiate and you do Xanax, you don't think it's a relapse. Mm -hmm. But it's still something to take you away from you. And I think once he started opening up, he became, uh, you know, a different person, had a whole different outlook. I mean, but there's so many. Yeah. I could think of, like, on my way home, i be Hundreds like, oh, I should have mentioned yeah. this one. But that's the most rewarding part. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but listen, it goes both ways. For sure. You know, it goes both ways. Because, like, you know, well, I knew this guy Primo, okay? Mm-hmm. And his sister reached out to me. And, you know, she said, you know, my brother Primo, and they're, like, right around 40, and they're twins, her brother Primo, like, you know, was heroin heroin addict, and, you know, he was like a bodybuilder type dude, mm-hmm. and he liked the needle, he liked to shoot dope, and I did, you know, his, him and his sister had a very complicated past with the dad and stuff like that, and I liked this guy, like, he was a cool dude, like, one time I, you know, went out of my way to, like, reach out, mm-hmm. not even talk about addiction, just because he was cool dude, and, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, he, like, knew how to work out, knew about nutrition, mm-hmm. He liked rap music. He was like, you know, we were very we had a lot of similarities and a lot of things that, mm-hmm. you know, we liked in common. And uh, you know, and like, yeah, I really felt like I was reaching him and everything was cool. And his sister was like, oh my God, my brother called and it was like, Lilo called, and she was like, Yeah, that's what he does, you know. Everything as far as we were concerned, we're going beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'll share have it in my direct message. Lilo, I just wanted to reach out. My brother Primo died this morning. That happens too. Mm. It's yeah. like the quiet before the storm sometimes. Yeah. You don't know, and then they just die, you know? And a
0: lot of times people would tell me, like, oh, I don't understand. He was doing all the right things. But well, one of the main right things is not used. Right. So it's like a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't understand why they use it. It's like sometimes people just choose to act on that impulse you know we have a thousand decisions you can make in an hour and it's like you make the wrong one it's like you could end up getting the you can make a
1: hundred good ones and it won't have the same impact as as one one. bad one
0: exactly you know yeah and it's like um you know i know for me like dealing with addiction and recovery it's like and i go to so many funerals people i get close to but at the same time it's like you know i do see a lot of success stories I always tell people, because they ask me, like, you know, is it hard going to all these funerals and stuff? But it's like, you know what? I've been to more weddings than funerals. I've seen more babies get born than funerals. In Florida, we got a crazy recovery community. We got a lot of young people and... You know, it's good that people like you put your story out there.
1: Yeah, you know, like, sometimes, like, I think Robert Downer Jr., I think he's a mm-hmm. great actor. I think he's friggin' awesome. Charlie Chapman. some of the stuff yeah. he did was so great. Who's been more of a success story than him, really? Exactly. But I just think that, you know, I just think he could do— And he a- was
0: a fucking—you seen that video where he talked about putting the shotgun in his mouth?
1: Yeah, I know, but I just think that—I just think he could do a little bit more. Addiction right. and recovery, Because of you course. know what? I'm nobody compared to that guy. Mm-hmm and I've impacted so many people's lives, that's Iron Man, bro. Mm -hmm. That guy's probably made over a billion dollars from Avengers alone Mm -hmm. because of how many people saw it. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many people look up and admire that guy? I just think, in a way, it's almost selfish It's almost selfish of him not to share that. Yeah, because he's probably told by the powers that be, don't mention that. We don't want that. But it's like, dude, this is a part of my journey because this character, Mm -hmm. you know, is received so well. It's because I am that guy. I'm like, you know, like the irony. Like I was a broken drug addict. Now I'm friggin' Iron Man Mm -hmm. because of my recovery. I should share that. Mm-hmm. It would inspire and give so many people hope. A guy like that would change so many people's lives. I think he's kind of selling out for the money. Yeah. I really do. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. How else can you look at it? Yeah. You're Robert Downey Jr. There's nobody that's more of a success story mm-hmm. than you when it comes to addiction and overcoming it than you. Yeah. And I just think you could do yeah, a little bit I mean, more, I've, brother.
0: I've never really thought about it that way. And like you know, I know people want their anonymity, but it's like, dude, when you're a celebrity, you kind of no. Don't we have know any, where you've yeah, been. we know what the fuck. There's is no happening. anonymity exactly. when it comes it's to like, you. What?
1: Everybody knows. Yeah. You who you are where you've been and this and that mm-hmm. and i think like sometimes maybe you should just like put the movies to the side and you know be like be a yeah. human mm-hmm. and say you know what i do have compassion and empathy for these people that are still sick and struggling mm-hmm. and maybe if i said the right things at the right time i can prevent a f- lot of people from dying, from dying. and yeah. from going through you know and then and not only them but their families it is and crazy. i'm sorry for saying this and i like no, people it's true because they hate like, me for it yeah. and like whoever but it's like it's true It's Mm -hmm. like, how could you, like, listen, let's, we're human, man, have a heart. Look what you have been given, you're so blessed. Mm -hmm. It's people that die every day from this, you know, from addiction, and you're like, not only overcame it, but you're more successful now than you were before, ever. Ever. And you gotta attribute that to your recovery mm-hmm. and what you went through, and you have to let people know that that's possible, yeah. and tell them what you did to get to where you are, mm-hmm. and maybe they can learn from you. When you keep that, it's like selfish. You may you you may have something, some secret, or something that no one's ever thought of that you can share that makes all the difference. This little thing could yeah. make
0: this big difference. And it's not like he has to dedicate his whole life to it. It's like if he talked about it a little bit more, it'd make a huge difference, you know. And like for me, it's like hearing those stories. Like when Eminem got clean, we got clean around the same time. He has like a month more than me or have a month more than him it meant a lot to me being someone that listened to Eminem growing up that he was really vocal about his recovery and did like a whole album about it. And I didn't need him to, but it felt good to know that not everyone who gets clean is going to, because I used to think getting clean was like a life sentence, you know, that it was like the end of the world. No, it, it doesn't have to
1: be, man. I just think, like I said, I think he's a great actor. I respect so much and everything what he's accomplished. But I just think that I would respect you more yeah. if you told some of these people, like you know, some of mm-hmm. these, these powers that be like, hey, you know what? I take this really seriously and I see people die from it all the time and I just think it's my obligation, mm-hmm. my responsibility to not dedicate maybe my whole life to it because I know you've also done a lot yeah. for me, given me another chance in coming back. But it's because I am this way now and because I've mm-hmm. adhered to these certain principles that, you know what I mean? It's
0: just- what are you planning on doing now with film?
1: Well, I have a film right now. That you're uh, working on, right? No, it's on Amazon. It oh, okay, it's, cool. It's called Made in Mexico, where I play a Mexican cartel guy. So it's like wow. a little outside the box. It's a different character. Well, you're Colombian. Yeah, well, but people <laughs> wow. are, like really liking it. Yeah, they find cool. it funny. It's like What's a it quirky. called? Made in, made in Mexico. Made in Mexico? Mario oh Lopez God. produced it. Wow. And uh you know, his hair and makeup guy, Rodney mm-hmm. Rinks, Tootie Rinks, wrote it. hmm And I met him on, you know, the set of extra, extra, extra. Wow, yeah. And you know, he's like, I got this movie, I think it'd be great. We did it and it turned wow. it's turning out pretty,
0: pretty good. Are you how much time are you dedicating to your acting career right now?
1: Um, you know, like I don't really want to get typecast. So it's like when I like in this like bigger budget like st- studio type stuff, I mean whenever they hire me. It's usually they see me in one way as like an Italian mm-hmm. and like a lot of these simple characters. stuck in a role. Yeah, and I don't wanna do that. I'd yeah. rather do something else. And good thing I'm like working in the drug treatment industry mm-hmm. in this world where I don't have to necessarily depend on my acting to put food on mm-hmm. the table and to feed myself. So it's great to be able, because I'm, I'm a real artist. Like I wanna play different roles. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I like I look at a lot of times, like I see like a lot of these actors, like they play the same roles over and over. It's like I look at that as like almost like you're a sp- you're filling a spot. Mm-hmm. They have a spot for this type. Yeah. So if you fill that spot, yeah, you're for a the- box,
0: and we're gonna put you in the same box. Yeah, we're gonna yeah.
1: put you in this box all the time for this main person to keep mm-hmm. going. You push this vehicle, yeah. and then until his next one, then we'll find other people to fill the it's spot. It's like when Adam like, Sandler
0: when Adam Sandler does a, a serious movie. It, to me, it's like so cool, you know, because they play him in the same. He plays the same fucking guy every time, you know. Can only
1: see it so <laughs> many times.
0: And I love Adam Sandler, you know, but like you know, I loved Uncle Gems, you know. But um,
1: Uncle Gems was really good.
0: Man, I love that film. The Safiri brothers, or whatever they're called, they have they did Good Times. They were yeah, no, phenomenal. No, no, that was Those uh, that two was, brothers are great. He was
1: awesome in that. That mm-hmm. you know, I can. I think that that film should have did a little bit better with the Academy Awards. It like was it did.
0: phenomenal. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'd like to watch it again.
0: Yeah. Would you play a uh, drug addict?
1: Yeah. Why not?
0: Okay, I'm just wondering. Of course,
1: yeah. Yeah. Because maybe I I'll bring a level of authentic to authenticity, authenticity to that, that character. Can, yeah. Yeah, you can't say, oh, that's not the way it is. Are you choking me? I lived it. Did you ever do it?
0: I can't watch certain movies because I'm like, that would never happen. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, I'm sure people that are fucking in the military can't watch certain movies about the military because it's not authentic.
1: Yeah, just the way they do this. It's like, that's not the way he would hold his Mm -hmm. hand. I'm not watching this shit. Yeah, exactly. Because I remember when we did Renaissance, man. Wow. That some of these guys, the military top guys, Mm -hmm. guys that would teach us, they would tell us I was watching this one movie, as soon as I seen him do that, he said well, i never, uh, that's it, it's done. Yeah. That's not, you know, like just any little thing. Made in Mexico is on Amazon Prime right now. I got a film I did called Sleepyhead Takes Place in Hell. Okay. Uh, we're in post-production right now. Um, I did a short film with Jamie Lynn Sigler called I'm on Fire, which is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. We didn't make it to Tribeca this year. I think it was a late late submission, but hopefully next year and we're aiming, it's really, really that good.
0: Do you ever think about like writing films or producing films?
1: Producing and directing, yes, yeah. because I would know how to bring it to life the mm-hmm. right way, where it's going to really mean something and in a really effective way, and I would be able to convey it the way I want. Well, I want to do something a, a modern cool. day film with Terrell Hicks and I, mm-hmm. who played my love interest in a Bronx Tale, because uh-huh. Bronx Tale is going to celebrate. You still talk to her? Oh yeah, she's like a really good friend of mine. Is she an actress still? Yeah, she's an actress. Uh, she's still working. Wow. Uh, she looks better now than she did back then. Wow. Yeah, she's like my really good friend. Like, you know, we have our own lives, but she's still like, we do a lot of signings together. And I want to bring her and I back together because Bron- like I said, Brian still a 30 year anniversary yeah. next year. And I think if we had a film that was coming out right around that mm-hmm, time. that would kill it. Yeah, because it's like, you're going to get so much free yeah. publicity and, and press. Of course. Because of the film. It's yeah. like, oh, and they got a film coming out. But I don't necessarily. Yeah,
0: bro. If you guys did a love story film now, where it's like, I don't it know could be I, anything. It could be like, it would be so cool just to see you guys I, on I don't know camera know I, I, The
1: idea that I have, it's uh-huh. not really a love interest thing. We wouldn't even be the stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be our daughter. Okay. In the film, like, we had been estranged. Wow. She comes back later on, uh-huh. you know, like, back in my life to tell me that our drug daughter's a drug addict.
0: Wow. That's all I really want to talk about. That would be so cool. Yeah, yeah. Because that would it's, be it's cool. kind
1: of real because this is what I do now. You know what I mean? Trying yeah. to help people on drugs. And now it's like someone, my own immediate family, my own daughter, who's struggling with it. And once again, there would be that level of authenticity.
0: Wow. That would be really cool. You and her separate come back and she has a daughter who's on drugs well
1: our daughter we Your have a daughter. daughter wow you like that
0: yeah that's fucking sick alright cool that'd be cool alright cool let me know I would love to be involved yeah, in that cause, cause my dream cause sometimes I watch these maybe drugs. you could produce it let me know maybe to Maybe you could to. produce it and dude, then I, write it
1: off as a, uh, an not, advertising uh, experience. Go. An advertising expense. Yeah. You can have billboards for your treatment center everywhere mm-hmm. in the background. Say we're doing a yeah, scene in the that street, be so cool. and there goes your thing. I would love that. You'd say, "Listen, this is not a, this is a, a, an expense. Mm-hmm. I'm advertising my company through for this, sure. and I'm telling you, you know, you're, you're, you're cool. going to write a lot of that off." Yeah.
0: <laughs> because you know, to me, like there's only a few drug movies that I've watched that I've really have captured what it's like to be a drug addict i dream about writing movies and even doing like a documentary on watching someone get clean from day one to you know day 365 you know because a lot of times like, i watch these movies and they're not real i think you have a real niche in that like y- if you really put your mind to that i think yeah that, that would
1: be like my like johnny yeah like, no, like Johnny Depp does all these quirky characters yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be my but yeah how I many drug movies can you know What would you say, as far as smoking crack and just, like, Samuel L. Jackson was awesome in Jungle Uh Fever. Yeah. He was awesome. But I got to tell you, man, did you ever see Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel? I saw it.
0: That was probably the best portrayal. Right? Yeah.
1: Right? Did you see, like, when he was in that hallway, remember he was smoking? Yeah,
0: like, who do they bring on cast? And just
1: the way he did with his eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Just
1: the way his eyes, like, you could almost feel that euphoria as he's blowing out that hit. And just... And it's some ways, eyes, I was like, yo, that shit is so, so real.
0: Right. I think I watched it when I first got clean I couldn't finish it because I think I was just too fresh. I was like, this yo, is crazy. That movie this, was serious business. Yeah, 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 but... uh
1: yeah, brother. I'd like to say hello to our good friend, Marty Tancliffe. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Marty. Marty. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Marty. He's a and every, solid guy. Every, As solid as they get. And if you want to talk about commending someone, mm-hmm. think about what that guy went through. Yeah. Wrongfully accused all those years.
0: Dedicated his whole life. And, you know, came to, back and won and, the lawsuit. Right. And, got, and
1: to be able to come out and to be better and not bitter. hmm Because there's no price or no amount of money that's going to give that guy what he lost. Yeah. All those years. You know what I mean? And And his
0: whole aura about him, he's just all smiles. And there's just something about him that feels young. And I think that because he had, like, such of his youth robbed from him, that there's just something about him that he doesn't feel old.
1: It's like Arrested Development. He stopped aging as a kid when he first went in. Because that's not really fighting for your life in prison and trying to get out. That's not really growing up. That's something different. So it's like pause button yeah he paused his childhood and his you know what i mean his adolescence mm-hmm. and then went into this like fight or flight mm-hmm. fucking survival mode yeah. for all these years and then he finally got vindicated you know and he finally that the whole shit was overturned so now it's like he's picking up where he left off you know what i mean and he still and does what's have so that crazy
0: is that he took matters into his own hands said i'm gonna be an attorney and i'm gonna figure this out
1: nobody cares about you like you brother yeah
0: that's crazy you know but and you spent a lot of time in the law library too yeah
1: yeah i mean you know
0: how many hours do you think you spend in the law library? i used to
1: try to go up there as much as possible mm-hmm. because it's like let me make sense of what i'm being charged with let me fully understand what it is and all the intricacies of that particular law let me really learn what this is what mm-hmm. i'm up against so then based on that knowledge I can give myself and my attorney a better fighting chance because it's like, hey, I read this and that this is the way the law is to be applied, but you know what? Just so you know, that's impossible and they'll never get us because I did this, Mm -hmm. not that. Oh, Lilo, I didn't know that. Yeah, so keep that in mind, you know, and it's just like.
0: Yeah, the main thing is that, you know, I think that you had the ability to not lose any hope because that's really inspiring to see that you just were like, when I get out, I'm still going to be young. And as long as you have that fighting chance, you're willing to do it.
1: Tough road, but, yeah. you know. Hey,
0: well, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a pleasure meeting thank you. Thank you, brother. Big appreciate fan. You, bro. you know, I think um, your story getting out there is only going to help more and more people. And yours as well, brother. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. You know what
1: I mean? You have a very beautiful story. and thank I want to wish you continued success in this sure. thing we call recovery. We'll Just link up again. Up. Absolutely. All brother. right. Thank, thank you so appreciate, appreciate you. It. Thank you.
0: The show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. The show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.